dear friend, thank you for tuning in and welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to a big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the program where we look at religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Well, dear friend, you are listening to Fabiano Nyonghuru here in South Australia. I'm currently a minister at uh, Meros Park Seventh-day Adventist Church, as well as Sinai Adventist Church Company here in South Australia. And I'm delighted to be able to spend the next hour with you, our dear listener, wherever you might be at the moment. Uh, we are thankful that you have tuned in to uh, this Faith FM uh, radio program. And uh, this week we have been covering the theme, the Bible, and uh, the Bible, the church, and the environment. And once again, just continuing uh, on a similar theme as uh, the week before, uh, in order for us to really, uh, I guess, engage in some of the current topics. As you are aware, uh, this is once again um, one of those things that is in the media, uh, one of those things that has been talked about, this whole idea of the environment uh, and so forth. And so today, once again, we are continuing on a similar theme. And uh, the question for today is, is there a better way? Once again, let me welcome Pastor Brenton. Pastor Brenton, how are you? Very well, thanks, Fabiano. And it's great to be on and be able to share over the next hour on drive time. Wonderful. And where are you? Uh, 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 where are you at the moment, uh, Pastor Brenton? Because surely we're well, not. Well, I'm not. I'm not with you, my friend. Oh, I'm right. down here in the deep south, <laughs> in the known deep as south, Mount okay. Gambia. Wonderful. Uh, where uh, the um, we have two seasons down here, Fabiano. Now okay. that we're talking about climate, okay, um, it's either raining or yes. thinking about raining. As I look out the window at the moment, there's a little bit of sunshine, so I'm thankful that uh, the week won't end on a complete dismal light yeah. but we have had a lot of rain during the week and okay. everything down here is fresh and green wonderful no oh, that's great well but it, but but the whole idea of having two seasons is sounds rather interesting <laughs> yeah that's just my assessment that's all all right all right yeah no that's interesting uh, i told them the other day at ministers fraternal that in two weeks time we're going into winter Okay. Um, I don't think anybody picked it up much, but wow. <laughs> two weeks' time we start summer, Fabiano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's actually, it's worth thinking about, isn't it? That's right. It's quite interesting mm. because uh, this year seems like summer is um, it's rather very late. <laughs> Going on the holidays. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's quite an interesting year. But, yes. then, but then I guess the good news is that we probably won't be uh, uh, having wildfires, hopefully, hopefully. Um, no, but the other problem, of course, you would appreciate is that it, it will eventually get hot. It will, it, it's yes, got to. Yes, yes. Uh, but if it's, say, February or March next year, can you imagine the amount of combustible fuel around mm. as all this grass dries off? Oh, I would uh, suggest to you that we're going to have a, the father and mother of all bushfire seasons if we're not uh, careful. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so it's poss possibly coming then. Wow. Uh, well, as I say, yes. at the moment, if you look at the situation at the moment, mm -hmm. you've only got, um, well, down here, as I said, it's very green. Yes. And I know up in Adelaide it's very green as well. But okay. you would only need four or five days of 29 to 33 degree temperatures mm. and everything starts drying out. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, we'll have our CFS people yes. and our MFS people and uh, the various other groups that are associated with controlling bushfires warning us to have our bushfire plan in place and uh, all the other things that they do every year mm. that most people tend to ignore. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, that, I, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what, uh, you know, January, February, March will look like, but yeah, okay. Yeah. It, it, You'd it be a brave out, man. Yeah. You'd be a brave man to predict it at the moment. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and, yeah. Yes. And for, for those who are listening in and would like to also, um, just let us know where they're listening from, friends, you can actually text us to zero four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. Please do, uh, try to get in contact with us. Um, we love knowing and hearing from you, uh, especially knowing where you're listening from as well. Um, so thank you for tuning in and please do let us know where you're listening from. Once again, the number is 048 Also, uh, feel free to interact with the Faith FM app 
we do have an app uh, which you can use uh, to uh, even listen to live programs, which is uh, a really good thing because it, app- it is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, if you happen to be in an area where you know we, we we're not getting good coverage, you can actually. Uh, still listen to Faith FM Live, which is great. Uh, also, you can visit us on www.faithfm.com.au, uh, isn't it? Uh, I yes, it's we can, they, yes, they can indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, this week, my friends, we are continuing on the same theme. And so I thought, hmm, let's see what's going on in the news. And I found something um, which, once again, speaks to our time. Uh, Share it with us, uh, Fabiano. <laughs> yes, that's right. This was published by the Time magazine, uh, and uh, the uh, header actually says, Healthy Biodiversity is the Reason to Fight Climate Change. Uh, this was mm. published uh, November 16th, uh, and um, if I could just read uh, a little bit from the article, uh, it says here, as an, as an uh, ecologist, I believe that's how you call them, uh, yes. yeah, as, as an ecologist, the most frequent question I get asked is, can nature really help in the fight against climate change? The short answer is yes. Con- conserving and uh, revitalizing nature can contribute up to one third of our climate goals. Uh, however, many concerns is that the question is framed backwards because for me, one of the main goals of climate action is to revitalize nature. But when carbon capture becomes uh, the only motivation for promoting nature, the consequences can be dangerous for both. In nature, long-term, long-term carbon capture only happens as uh, uh, a byproduct of a healthy biodiversity. So he's arguing uh, of uh, trying to uh, combat, combat this issue. Uh, um, yes, but uh, only concentrating on the uh, carbon issue. That's right. And so then he mm. says, as an early uh, career researcher, one of my favorite studies involved two fungi fighting for space in a uh, petri dish. In my, in many cases, one fungus uh, defeated its uh, opponent and the system collapsed. However, when uh, introduced a third species, it often fought with a uh, uh, dominant uh, competitor, allowing the weaker species to survive. Sounds like evolution here. A bit. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it, and he says it's a rock, paper, scissors system, um, uh, where the enemy of the enemy is my friend, apparently. And when we introduced a fourth, fifth, and sixth, uh, uh, fungus, uh, the chances of finding these competitive loops increased. The more species we included, the greater the chances that all species survived. And so, in a sense, therefore, he's once again arguing that by protecting, um, uh, uh, nature, but we could actually combat this issue by uh, investing more in yeah. um, uh, uh, nature and so forth. Now, as I thought about this, um, not obviously a um, breaking news, but as I thought about this, it got me thinking, uh, Brenton, um, of this idea of protecting nature and protecting the earth and um, and uh Simply because the Bible does say that those who harm the earth will receive, um, um, you know, will be disciplined. God, God would will not look at them yeah. favorably. So, and, and Revelation, uh, Revelation eleven eighteen talks about that. I'm going to mention that a bit further down the track, but you're right. Okay, That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. and so he therefore is uh, raising an, a, a, an idea that is a little bit, I guess, uh, different from what we're hearing um, from. Uh, most people out there, because most people out there uh, want to find, uh, yes, many other means, uh, but not necessarily, uh, I guess, uh, arguing for uh, nature healing itself uh, as, as such. Uh, and sure. Yeah, so, yeah, in- interesting thing. And I just thought, wow, okay, so there there, there are people, obviously, who are thinking uh, a little bit differently to um, what we're hearing in the media. Um, and uh, in the media, I think, in my view at least, uh, the arguments tend to have a political spin on it and not necessarily that people are so much concerned about nature uh, and about conserving that which is good, but but even though that's yeah. the language, but to me, it feels like there's always a political agenda as well attached yeah, to yeah. an economic yeah. one. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Fabiano, a couple of interesting points. Uh-huh. Uh, as we all know, and we've been discussing over the last two weeks, yes. uh, COP27 is taking place in Sharm el-Sheikh in uh, Egypt. Mm. Uh, what's particularly interesting is 
I don't know how much time you spend looking at news, whether it's TV, whether it's on social media, whether it's on an app that you've got Mm. or whatever. There have not been a great number of pronouncements coming out of this particular conference. Now, this is a vitally important conference. Yes. What's what's in particularly intriguing, and I go back to the discussion you and I had last Thursday, yes. is that not once, I've looked at the agenda items, uh-huh. I've looked at the speeches, I've looked at the presentations, right. nobody, repeat, nobody that I have been able to find has presented to these nations, I think there's 122 of them present there, yeah. that one of the ways of protecting our environment is to change to a plant-based diet. Uh-huh. There's been no mention of dietary change at all. Yes. Uh, the key, uh, the key findings or the key agenda items yes. for COP27 are adaptation, okay, mitigation, and addressing loss and damages. They're the three key issues that they've been discussing, but none of them seem to have addressed the issue. Well, what if we changed our diet? Yeah. What if we went back to a more natural diet? I'll use the term, as we did last week, plant-based. Yes. What if we went back to a plant-based diet? What difference would that make to conserving and restoring our environment? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Interesting thought. It, it is, indeed. Um, we gave the figures last week, so I won't go through them all again, but yes. it would make a very significant difference when you consider that something like 60% of all water use in Australia is for agriculture when the bulk of that is for livestock the production wow. of livestock for food. Wow. Wow. So there, there's just one place to start. Okay. I don't want the Australian meat lobby on my uh, doorstep over this issue, but these are simple facts uh-huh. that um, if we are serious about addressing the issue of saving our environment yes. and trying to restore it, these are the issues that we have to face up to rather than give pious platitudes and then go back doing what we've always done. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it, I think, um, like you're saying, I guess there's also um, a uh, a notion that I'm picking up from what you're saying that yes, to, that yep. uh, you know that the, these there are bodies out there or um, entities out there that are actually more concerned about what they get out of this, uh, even though they might be talking about climate change, you know, and, and how we need yeah. to address it. But, but yep. it seems like they, they, for them, yes, they say that to the public, but, but in reality, they're not addressing some of these, um, um, uh, things, things that actually could go towards, uh, bringing about a solution, which includes obviously, uh, dietary yeah, change yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting because on Sunday on Mount Sinai, there was a ceremony that took place. Okay. I believe that Gary and David may have touched on this yesterday. So I don't want to sort of crowd on what they said other than to share with you. Okay. Uh, there was a group of environmental groups that came together. There was actually a number of them. I'm not going to name them all. Okay. But they came together on Mount Sinai and presented what I would call uh, the Ten Commandments for the Environment. And these, these are the way they read. Okay. The first one is, we are stewards of the world. Would we agree, yes or no, yes. on that? Well, we can discuss that further. Yeah. Creation manifests divinity. Now, my question that I've written in my notes here is, which creation? Whose exactly. creation? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, point three is everything in life is interconnected. I think we would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Number four is do no harm. Number five is look after tomorrow. Yeah. Number six is rise above ego for our world. And number seven I found particularly interesting, change our inner climate. Despite my research, I was not able to find out exactly what they meant. Right. I th- assume that they're meaning a paradigm shift in our thinking. Number eight was repent and return. Number nine was every action matters. And number 10 is use the mind and open the heart. Wow. Now, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're the 10 commandments. They actually broke symbolically. Mm. They actually put together a, a, a couple of tables of stone and they smashed it on the rock, similar to what um, Moses did in in breaking the 10 commandments when he came down from Mount Sinai for meeting with God. Um, these guys did the same thing. Now, one of the guys who did it was a guy called Joseph Abramovich. Now, he's, uh, he actually happens to um, 
be the chairman of a company or a group of companies that deal in renewable energy. So um, there's obviously a vested interest there. Now, whether a Christian would consider that to be blasphemous or not, I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that. But it's rather interesting that um, the aim of this particular group on Mount Sinai is to engage all religious leaders worldwide to do something about pressuring people to make changes to the environment. And you could go on all day about that, but mm. uh, that's that's their overall aim. I think when you're dealing with a program like we are, yes. we can only touch on the highlights in, in one hour. That's but, right. But uh, these are some of the things that we'll look at in our um, discussion time during the rest of the uh, program. Yeah, no, that's quite interesting. And thank you for sharing. It's, just, uh, it's extremely interesting. Actually. Yeah, no, it, it, it really mm. just, um, I find it fascinating because, um, uh, the location, some of the, uh, things that are being said there, and obviously the breaking of the Ten Commandments, uh, obviously what they put together, and some of the language of, um, you know, uh, that, that, that uh, insinuate that in a sense nature could be uh, deified and it's, yeah, it's rather interesting. I wonder whether it it, yeah. it can lead to rather interesting conclusions. And here's a, here's another interesting one: uh-huh. climate change in the last two decades. Um, um, remember the third item that I mentioned, addressing the loss and damages. In the last two decades, the climate link losses um, come to five hundred and twenty-five billion dollars. Uh-huh. Now, the bulk of that comes from developing or underdeveloped countries. They're the ones who are suffering the most. Mm. Mm. And this is why this is on the agenda at COP27, addressing loss and damages. And there's a significant push uh, because primarily it's African countries and underdeveloped countries that are suffering yes. as a result of this. They're the ones that are pushing the developed countries we don't need to name them, I think we all know who they are, to do something about um, compensating for uh, the damage that they have caused mm. over the, well, how, how far back do you want to go? Exactly. And uh, the significant uh, pushback, if I can use that term, uh, by the developed countries to actually doing something. There's a lot of talk, uh, a lot of rhetoric, but not a lot of action. And I suspect, I may be wrong, there's one more day to go. Tomorrow is the last day. This started on November 6th. It ends on November 18th. I suspect that whatever communique they put out at the end of tomorrow, I'd be very surprised if there's a significant statement on reparation under the category of addressing loss and damages. Mm, mm, we'll just yeah. have to wait and see, won't that's we? It, that's it. <laughs> Maybe <yeah>. next week. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll we find might out. have further news on it. That's right. That's right. Well, mm. dear friend, it's quite a um, yeah, it's quite an interesting thing that is happening. That um, uh, today, uh, you know, people around the world are thinking about uh, climate change. But um, I guess one of the things too we must ask ourselves is: is there a better way? That is yeah. really the question of today. Let us pray together and then we'll take a short break and then we will uh, get into the topic. Sure. Let, us, let us pray together. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this hour and this opportunity to uh, uh, discuss and hear from Pastor Brenton as he leads and guides in this uh, study. Lord, we pray that you would speak through him and that you would uh, teach us something uh, on this radio program. Mm -hmm. Father, we pray for your guidance, and uh, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. So, friends, let us come to a short uh, break. Uh, We'll listen to a song by uh, Chris Rice uh, 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 called My Cathedral. And then shortly after that, we'll be back. However... Keep in mind that uh, we will be giving a free giveaway today, and uh, if you are if you're interested, you will need to keep this number uh, 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 close by zero four triple eight eight zero eight eleven. Simply because you will need that number to uh, be able to uh, claim your free giveaway, your free offer, I should say. Uh, and so, uh, let's come to the song, and then shortly after that, we'll be right back. Please don't go away. Sweetest day 
days of childhood Playing in the deep woods Stomping through the creek And feeling oh so much alive Camping in the forest We join the cricket chorus And hum our songs of gratitude Around a crackling fire And out here in the stillness Found my house of worship with column trees and canopy of stars. Here in my cathedral, it was beneath the blue skies. I ran down to be baptized. I felt the river wash me clean. Listening to Faith FM Draft Time Big Q and A with Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Brenton Wilkinson, who will be leading us uh, in our study today. Uh, Pastor Brenton is a regular co-host on the Faith FM program, and um, uh, I believe a lot of you will be uh, familiar with his voice. Uh, also, we want to um, just let you know that. We do have a free giveaway, which will let you um, um, be able to claim shortly. The theme for this week has been the Bible, the church, and the environment. However, today we're asking the question, well, is there a better way? So maybe we could pick up from there and ask Pastor Brenton, is there a, be- is yeah, there a better way? Well, we have to go back, I believe, Fabiano, to Genesis 2, verse 15. Now, Genesis 2, verse 15 if I could take the opportunity to read it, yes. it's only a short verse, but uh, I'll read it for you uh, because I think it's very relevant to our topic for today. And it says this, after God created the world, in chapter 2, Moses, who we believe wrote the book of Genesis, says this. He says in verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Mm-hmm. Now, the word keep is particularly interesting. For those who are listening who may be interested, the word uh, keep the garden, it comes from the Hebrew word shamar, S-H-A-M-A-R. It means to guard, wow. to watch, or to hold fast. Okay. Now, I want you to just get your head around this and our listeners as well. When God created the world, it did have no sin in it. It had no weeds. It had no environmental degradation. It had nothing. It was perfect, absolutely perfect. So why did God say to Adam and Eve to tend and keep the garden? Basically, their job was to till the soil, um, to help things to grow, because God had put them there in the first place. So these were the tasks that he had entrusted to them. Can I suggest that even though we are here in 2022, Uh I don't believe the tasks have changed. I believe we do have a responsibility. The word we often hear bandied around, it's almost become a buzzword, is that we are stewards of the environment. Well, folk, we are. 
We are stewards of the environment. Mm. And the way we treat it, I believe God observes whether we are looking after his creation or whether we are not. Right. And uh, this is this is where we need to start. If we're going to discuss this issue of is there a better way, okay. first of all, we need to recognize God created it. Number two, he has entrusted us with the responsibility of looking after it. Now, looking after it doesn't just mean tilling the soil, pulling out the weeds, not using too many fertilizers, trying uh-huh. to conserve water, etc., etc. I believe it goes a lot further. Okay. It also refers to the way we look after the animal kingdom. Okay. Because the very next verse talks about our responsibility to look after the animals. Now, uh, most people today, or many people today, shall I say, who have changed to a plant-based diet have done so on the basis that they disagree with cruelty to animals. Mm. We, ha- we have a religious connotation in this, as you know, yes. uh, namely that God gave Adam and Eve their diet originally was grains, nuts and vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe that that's biblically based. But I also support strongly those who disagree with cruelty to animals Yes. Um, in the process of, uh, shall we say, um, what do we call it? Um, <laughs> uh, the, from the um, garden to the plate or from the, the, the <laughs> paddock to the plate. Oh, right. I think that's the term we use, from the paddock to the plate, oh, right. meaning yeah. the animals that are taken from there and are slaughtered for food mm. and end up on the plate, they're, they're the things that we're, we're sort of looking at. Mm. Um, One of the things we can do, is there a better way, is, as I've suggested, a plant-based diet would certainly help. Now, this is interesting, and a little bit of research uh, that I've done, if we avoid meat and dairy, that'll immediately get some howls from some people who are in those particular areas, I guess, but nevertheless, it needs to be said, if we went to a plant-based diet, do you realise by 2050, I know that sounds a long way away, Uh but it's not, we would save 8 million lives, it is estimated, by 2050. And we would uh, reduce our greenhouse gas emissions by two-thirds. Also, the other interesting issue that we're looking at is healthcare-related savings and climate damage of $1.5 trillion dollars would um, accrue to us. In other words, there'd be $1.5 trillion less to have to spend on on that. Now, where does this come from? It comes from a study done by the Oxford University dated the 21st of the 3rd, 2016. Anybody who has a phone, an app, or who's listening to this program can look it up for themselves and see whether I'm telling you the truth or not. Wow. But I find this particularly interesting. God's original diet... Uh, Fabiano was, as I said, fruits, nuts, grains and vegetables. And only after the flood was meat meat introduced by God as uh, something that man should take participate in. Um, Here's another interesting one. Uh There may be some kids listening to the program today. Now, my grandson in particular is right into dinosaurs big time. (laughs) I don't know, Fabiano, whether your kids are into dinosaurs or not, but there's an absolute fascination amongst kids with dinosaurs. Uh Do you realize that a significant number of them were herbivores? That means that they ate grass, they ate vegetables, they ate... um, the bark of trees, they ate uh, leaves and things like that. Some of the best-known ones are names like Stegosaurus, okay. Triceratops, and Brachiosaurus. Now, they're to name but three. They're yes. three very well-known um, animals that uh, we call dinosaurs right. that uh, were plant-eating animals. Interesting. Um, I, I like to remind people, I had this discussion at the gym that I attend a few weeks ago with someone who was saying, oh, I can't do without my meat. And I said, do you realize, what do you eat? Oh, they eat chicken, they eat meat, they eat mutton, (laughs) (laughs) lamb and things like that. And I said, do you realize all of those animals are vegetarians? Mm. 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 
Mm. So you're getting vegetarianism second grade. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder what, I wonder what his thoughts were or what his response was. What her thoughts were, oh, she was still going oh, to okay. eat meat. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, interesting. <laughs> we're going to touch on some of the obstacles a little bit further on as to what, what are some of the obstacles in changing people's thinking Yes. Uh, if we were to go back to a biblically-based uh, diet that God originally gave to Adam and Eve. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I would like to just, uh, uh, change the, uh, narrative a little bit, uh, Pastor Brenton. Yeah, and, sure. And, and I'd like us to maybe also look into some of the, uh, biblical principles that we find in scripture. Because after all, this is my father's world, as the song, uh, goes. Uh, and God it created it all. And, uh, yeah. God is sovereign overall. I see that there's a strong, uh, attempt to improve this planet by earthly means, earthly, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 yeah, earthly means, let me just limit it to that, and political uh, actions. Um, what are some of the principles, however, we find in scripture that maybe, uh, you know, could be our guide, uh, if we are trying to find a solution? Well, uh, there is a text in Psalms that says the earth is the Lord, the fullness and the fullness thereof. Right. Um, and everything in that is in it. So yes. we, if we, um, the principle for changing it is we need to regard ourselves as stewards. Stewards. And the Ten Commandments that I read to you, in a way, touch on that because the very first one says we are stewards of the world. Yes or no? The answer to that is yes, we are. Definitely. However, we need to remember that there is a factor that affects our ability, um, and Scripture does refer to this. Yes. Uh, The motivating factor in society, Fabiano, you would agree, and I'm sure our listeners would agree, for most um, organisations is what's known as consumerism. Mm. Mm. Consumerism. In other words, uh, even though they give lip service to it, the bottom yes. line is the magic dollar. Yeah, what sort yeah. of profit are we making? Otherwise, we wouldn't even be here mm. doing those things. Consumerism is something that um, is very important to our society, and yet Jesus said in Luke 12 and verse 15, yes. a man's life does not consist of the things that he possesses. Right, right. And furthermore, when you're dealing with this subject of how are we, as God's stewards, going to manage his creation Uh in a better, more effective uh, way, we also need to look at a text that I find in Jeremiah, chapter 17. Okay. Uh, Some people may know this one, but if they don't, I'm certainly willing to share it with you today. I guess. It says this, uh Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10. Some of us could virtually quote it. From memory, but it, it's worth reading it, just as it says in the, the holy book, the Bible. Yes. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Mm. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Wow. So whilst the aims uh, may be altru- altruistic, while the aims of COP27 certainly have some good things in it, The problem is because we are sinners, we are totally unable to to make the changes that we loudly trumpet. Mm. We have to make. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. What what will what will change? What has to change is we have to be converted. We have to have a new mindset, and that new mindset comes from giving ourselves to the Lord and receiving the Holy Spirit, who changes our thinking and our priorities. Yes. So it's no good sitting around. We can sit around for the next hundred years talking about the environment. Right. We can sit around talking about how we need to do this, how we need to do that. All of those things are laudable and honourable in their own ways. Yes. But I would suggest to you that unless you've had a change of heart, unless you really see this planet as God sees it, right. and you really see the animals as God sees them, creatures that he has created, not for mm-hmm. food, yeah. but for companionship. Yes. For um, for um, you know, whatever <laughs> um, yeah. method that you use um, with with the animals, every year we are losing species here in Australia and and overseas. With every lot of vegetation that is cleared, 
we lose animal species, we lose bird species, we lose reptile species. Mm. All, all of those uh, things that we have to take into consideration. How yes. is that going to change? Well, if the heart is desperately wicked, who can know it? That would suggest that not even we understand the motivations of our heart. That's right. So we have to have uh, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, 5, right. you've got to be born of water and the Spirit. So and uh, he said to him, you must be born again. Right. Now, that um, when we talk about this earth being remade, or, or the way that we're attempting to do it through ecology, right. I think we, we miss the point okay. that human beings have to be remade before the ecology of the planet can be remade. Wow, that's 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 a strong statement and what true and accurate. It's a statement. strong statement, but I stand it, by it because same. otherwise we'll have another uh, COP twenty eight, a COP twenty nine, and we'll still be that's going it. round and round the same issues. You're right, and and I must say to those who are listening, um, who are interested in the verse that uh, Pastor Brenton quoted earlier, that was Psalms twenty four verse one: "The earth is the Lord's and all is fullness." The world and those who dwell therein. Friends, it is very important, as it is being pointed out, to understand that first and foremost, it is God who created this earth and can actually sustain it because he even made the promise to uh, Noah immediately after the flood in Genesis 8.22, while the earth remains, sea time and harvest, uh, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. God right. is able mm-hmm. to conserve it. I think, I think you're right, Pastor Brenton. First and foremost, we need to actually focus on the conversion of the heart. And then, yes, we do need to still be stewards of the earth, but also keep in mind that the true restoration of this earth is after uh, um, after uh, uh, the second coming, once w- when Jesus uh, is going to make all things new. Uh, this does not mean we, we should stop um, um, doing what is right, but I think, um, like you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, but I think uh, the focus, a strong emphasis and focus is being placed in the wrong place uh, um, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the other, the other area isn't being touched on, isn't it? They're only focusing in one I, area. I believe so. I believe so. Jeremiah 2 7, if I can share, Fabiano, is right. an interesting text. Uh-huh. One that I'd only read today for the first time myself when right. I was researching this subject, and it says this. I, um, that's the Lord, right. brought you, that's Israel, into a bountiful country okay. to eat its fruit and its goodness. Mm. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage, heritage an abomination. Right. Now, I know some people would immediately leap on that and say, oh, it was because they were worshipping idols. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, there probably is something to that too. But it would suggest to me that if I can use the term not too strongly, they raped the land mm. that they had entered. Maybe they abused it agriculturally. Yeah. We don't know. But there's a suggestion here, God saying, when I gave you this land, remember when he promised to Abraham and uh, then subsequently to Moses that I will take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Mm. He's saying, I brought you into such a land and look what you've done to it. Now, if God was here today speaking to us individually or personally or audibly, he would say, I have given you this planet. Uh Look at what you've done to it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, And here's another interesting point. Uh If you don't believe in God as the creator, how are you going to make the necessary changes Mm. that God would have us to make? Because, A, if you don't believe in God, Mm. um, it's totally up to man to make the changes that are necessary, but I believe that you need to work in harmony with the principles that God has put in his word. We're oh. stewards of his world. Yes. Um, a plant-based diet is certainly something that will significantly reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Right. Um, also, it will also reduce our dependence upon animal products and uh-huh. food uh-huh. and all the rest of it. And no, I'm not a paid-up member of the vegan society, yes. in case anybody is wondering. 
if I belong to some sort of extreme group, no, far mm. from it. Mm. I've been a vegetarian all my life. I'm basically a vegan these days, but uh, yeah. I prefer the word plant-based diet. Plant-based, yes. And uh, I think we need to recognise that unless the heart is changed, uh-huh. even the best of motivations we're probably not going to ultimately give the glory to God when the changes are made and we see this significantly. Mm. Um, we're going to take the glory for ourselves. Right. Another, another. And um, I, I think at the end of COP27, okay. the goodwill and the bon homie and all the rest of it, right. I, I seriously have to ask myself the question, right. are we exactly following the way, given these 10 environmental commandments, that God would have us to go? Because... I've got serious reservations. Mm. Um, firstly, about creation manifesting divinity. What are we referring to there? Mm. And uh, the change of our inner climate. Well, we've touched on that. Mm. Jeremiah 18, um, that we just read, or that I read to you, sorry, Jeremiah 17, uh-huh. said the heart is desperately wicked. Yes. Who can know it? Exactly. So the changes have to come internally, yes. I believe. We have to see our responsibility as God sees it yes. in order to make the changes to this planet that will actually in the long term make a significant difference to it. If we don't do that, it's just man-made ideas, man-made things. Exactly. And everybody, let's face it, if you went to COP27 uh-huh. today, uh, Fabiano, you and I, we hopped on a plane, we're going to have to be quick because there's only one day left. <laughs> That's right. You would find that everybody present there has an agenda, yeah. and it's not necessarily all the same agenda. Okay. Uh, the African countries and the underdeveloped countries, their issue is not so much adaptation and mitigation. Their issue is addressing losses and damages that mm. they've suffered as a result of Western nations in particular abusing the climate right. and uh, the atmosphere and uh, the arable land that we have available to us down through the years. I suspect that that is not going to change greatly because if you stop and think about it, if, say, for instance, the US, the UK, Australia, the the developed countries of the world said, yes, yes, we have been responsible for that. How much did you say that um, we've lost over the last few years? $525 billion. Yes, look, we'll pay that up. Um, Can you imagine the effect on insurance premiums and everything else? (laughs) Yeah. That's just one way of looking at it. Exactly. There are probably others as well, but it would have an absolutely drastic effect on the insurance premiums, mm. which would then flow on, of course, to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, therefore, there's a lot of, as I say, there's a lot of semantics. Yes. There's a lot of rhetoric coming out on this particular issue, but I do not sense, from what I've read of COP27 so far, uh-huh. that there is a real will amongst the developed countries to to say, yes, we do need to pay significant amounts of compensation. Only yeah. about two countries have done it so far. Sweden yeah. has done a small amount, and I think one of the African countries has done a small amount. Wow. But it's so insignificant on a global scale mm. that it hardly makes any difference, really, wow. to what we're talking about. Okay, that, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, fairly uh, interesting stuff. I, I guess the other thing, just before we come to a break, uh, Pastor Brenton, uh, is sure. that uh, there are also other issues involved um, in the, uh, I guess, in the approaches that are being uh, uh, taken by uh, various entities as they discuss about uh, climate change. And I think you've alluded to most of these. There's, there are issues of... Uh, uh, greed and selfishness as well. Uh, oh, absolutely. In, in these discussions, it's not like they're saying, well, climate change, okay, well, let's make the world a better place for everyone. I think there are also, um, I guess, um, uh, some people are trying to, to, to protect certain things. And some people have alluded to the fact that uh, some of the Western countries may be trying to protect uh, some of the oil refineries and all of these other things while they're screaming climate change. So, I wonder whether the whole conversation is a holistic, uh, um, you know, fair, um, uh, uh, you know, proposal that has been put out there. Fabiano, it could be. You're on to something there, my friend. I'm I'm not going to spend the rest of the session quoting figures. All right. But I could show you some figures that I only received today, which says most of the developing countries and also countries like India, for instance, Uh this year they're going to actually develop 
something like another 47 new coal mines. Now, just cutting coal out like they're trying to do in Australia and go to renewables, I'm not going to get into that argument. I believe we do need to go in that direction. But you can't just sort of drop everything overnight and say, okay, that's it, no more coal, it's all renewables from here on. Uh I think you've got to stagger it in. You've got to stage it in gradually um, to do that sort of thing. Also, there's another issue that we haven't touched on when we're talking about the heart being desperately wicked and who can know it and selfishness. We've touched on the issue of selfishness, that a man's life doesn't consist of the things that he possesses. Do you realise that last year in America, the Cattlemen's Union and the Dairy Union between them, they have uh, people who, uh, I think the term we use for them today is their their job is to um, advocate, obviously, for their industries. Uh They spent $220 million last year in lobbying the House of Representatives in America and uh, the Senate right. uh, over their particular issues. So for every issue, for every person, uh, however altruistic they may be, that gets up at COP27 mm. and says we need to change our eating habits, even if they did do that, yeah. we need to change this, we need, need to change that, there are equally powerful forces, sometimes more powerful forces, who have vested interests. Mm. And they're not going to give up those vested interests because they represent Farmers, yes. they represent cattlemen, yes. they re- represent shopkeepers, they represent people whose livelihood depends on these things. Right, right. So it's it's to me, if you're going to make significant changes, to moving away from animal products and mm. things like that for environmental reasons, you're going to have to be very careful how you go about cultivating. Right. But here's an interesting point: um, growing crops for animal use. And there's something like, the figure I've got written down in my notes here, 20 times more water, fresh water, is used to produce animal products Mm. compared to the same weight of plant products. In other words, if um, if you were producing, let's say, 10 kilos of animal products, meat, uh, beef, and other things, and 10 kilos of plant-based products, Right. It's going to take you 20 times more water use to produce the animal ones than the plant-based ones. Mm. I found those statistics rather interesting. Wow. Thank you. Maybe it's time for a break. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I, just thinking, you know, the person listening on the other end, I probably think, ah, oh, this is quite a lot to take in. Well, now we come to Well, I try not to give <laughs> too much statistics, but I think we need to recognize that this is a serious matter. It's uh, exactly. not just another, uh, what do we call it, um, it's not just, <laughs> mm. oh, um, what, what do they call it when people go to conferences and all they do is talk, talk. It's not just another talk fest. Another talk fest, that's it. Well, yeah, dear friend, it, it's a lot more important than that. That's right. Well, I have this great book which speaks to the topic of today. And uh, if you're interested, uh, please, you will need to have that number. This is the book um, uh, which uh, we would like to give to any person out there uh, who's interested but before I can tell you the title of the free offer uh, or even give you the code please keep this number with you 4 let us maybe just take some time and listen to a song and then surely uh, as soon as we come out of that I'll surely let you know what the book is and how to get it this program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio
Yes, indeed. The Lord of all, to thee, we raise our voices. We uh, give you honor and glory. In the beginning, God created these heavens, the heavens and the earth. And this is our discussion today, really. And especially in this time, uh, uh, in these days, rather, I should say, um, where climate change uh, discussions are in the air, on the news, everywhere. Uh, what a fitting topic to be uh, 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 discussing. But hey, we recognize and we uphold the truth that is that God is the creator and the sustainer of earth and life. Uh, and uh, so long as we put our trust in him, all will be well. Now, dear friend, yes. I did mention that there is a free giveaway. Uh, and this is the book, Hope for a Helpless Planet. Talking about planet truly we do live in a helpless one one that is full of so sorrow <laughs> and all kinds of things so this is a free giveaway a book uh, written by chris holland and uh, uh really in this age of questioning and uncertainty political unrest and uh uh, uh yes natural disasters as well um well truly we need a guide we need uh someone who can guide us to um to better answers. And this is a book, therefore, that you really want to read and have. If you're interested, uh, once again, you do need to send us the following code word, SA81, to the number 04888-80811. Once you do that, the Faith FM bot will reply asking for your details. And so please do do that. Uh, the number, well, the code word rather is SA, as in the abbreviated uh, SA for South Australia. So S. A and the numbers eight one one word S A eighty one. Thank you, my friend. So this is the Faith FM uh, Drive Time Program, and uh, I'm uh, here with Pastor Brenton Wilkinson, who's been leading us in this discussion. And uh, the theme for this week has been the Bible, the Church, and the Environment. However, today's question has been: Is there a better way? We've touched on on a number of things, and uh, just before the break, we're just also looking at, at some of the issues, ethical issues, as well as moral issues that really are there within this whole debate and discussion about climate change, which aren't really talked about, but they're actually there. And just uh, and just uh, coming back to Scripture and highlighting the fact that actually if we follow God's way, then all will be right. And, and also that if we remember that the Creator is also the sustainer, then all will be well. Before I come to Pastor Brenton for the final thoughts, just keep in mind that scripture actually does say in Matthew 7 verse 12 that we need to do to others as we would have them do to us. Yes. So this very is very true. important. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Look, uh, some final comments on this. Um, remember earlier on we introduced or didn't introduce, but we touched on the issue of consumerism. Yes. Consumerism, I believe, drives everything in this world, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, it drives uh, development and it drives a whole heap of other things, but it also is part of it. Unfortunately, it has within it the seeds of greed. Mm. 
And um, I'm interested in a statement that Paul makes in the book of Philippians chapter 4, and it says this. I'm reading from verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That doesn't mean are you in Victoria, New South Wales or Queensland. (laughs) (laughs) It's talking about whatever state your life is in. Um, These days we talk a lot about balance. Uh, our life is your life in balance. I remember going to a session when I was working for the government before I became a minister, and they said, "Is your work work life mm. in balance?" Yeah. In other words, is your work environment and your life environment are the two in balance? But right. Paul says this: "I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Uh-huh. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, right. both to abound and to suffer need." I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It needs to be borne in mind as we close our study for today. This, Paul wrote this whilst in prison. He was probably chained more than than likely. Possibly he had uh, what we call stocks on his legs. Uh And he's writing this and saying, in my life I have come to realise that what I possess is not the most important thing. I've right. had times when I've had plenty and I've times when I've really been scratching. Now, many of the people who are listening to us tonight are probably in the category of scratching. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're really wondering how they're going to pay their mortgage. They're wondering how the ever-increasing uh, petrol prices, ever-increasing um, uh, energy bills are going to be paid. But he says here that I've learned whatever state that I'm in mm-hmm. to be content. Right. And I really think contentment with great gain. Another uh, scripture says godliness mm. with contentment is great gain. Yeah. I really believe those two principles, godliness and yes. contentment, yes. will take away a lot of the issues of consumerism that we've been talking about this mm. afternoon. Thank you, Pastor Brenton. And once again, my friend, just remember that um, uh, God's desire, as it is recorded in Third John chapter 1, verse 2, is that um, I quote now the words of uh, the Apostle John, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. And be in health. Just as yes. your soul prospers. Pastor Brenton, would Good you month. like to close with prayer for us, please? Yes, yes, certainly. Lord, the issues that we face in our world at the moment are beyond the scope of COP27 or any single individual or a combination of individuals to actually change. Lord, what needs to change is our hearts. It needs to change. We need to have a different view of our planet, the environment that you have placed us in, uh, the animals that you've put in our care, uh, the, the food that we produce, the plants that we grow, uh, the trees and all the other things that we do as human beings, they're all part of your creation. They're all part, Lord, of what you have given us because you love us. Help us to, to seriously think about our responsibility as Christians and even if we're not followers of God, even if we don't believe in God, help us to look at the environment as this is the only one we've got. We have abused it long enough. It's time for us to take serious action in uh, rectifying some of the issues that we can do. But we only know that we can do this, we believe as Christians, when our heart has changed. Mm. Paul says in Romans 12, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. I pray that our listeners and myself and Fabiano, we will be renewed by the renewing of our mind and that we will understand then your priorities and the way you see things. We thank you, Lord, that you are our God, our creator and our redeemer, and we thank you that soon you're coming to put an end to this sin-cursed earth and remake it such as it was when we were talking about Genesis 1 and 2 earlier on in our study. Bless our, our listeners and take us into the new day that's ahead of us tomorrow with confidence knowing that the God that we serve is able to do all things. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. May that be our goal and our ambition as we leave our study time today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 